welcome back. Today, I would like to talk to you if you are somebody who sells your work, if you are someone who sells your art, your service, it might be something that is invisible, such as coaching, it might be something that is visible, such as literal art or books or a product. It doesn't matter what it is that you're selling, what I want to talk to you about today is the four reasons why somebody says no to your work. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because while what I'm about to say will sound kind of obvious once I've said it, I'm going to talk about the way that they all connect, the way you can start to think about how you are showing up. But I had a conversation recently with my clients in the Fierce Salon. And even though these human beings are amazing people who are out in the world sharing their work all the time in various different ways and at various different levels, it's really easy for us to get caught up when someone says no to our work, for us to make it purely about us. Like, what am I doing wrong? Am I missing something? And I'd like to create this as a little gift to you to remind you today that even if you're someone who sells all the time, but you still get caught up in a little bit of maybe self-worth stuff or a little bit of fear of rejection around the possibility of someone saying no, I really just want to talk about that today because so often we are trying to avoid someone saying a no. And I want to talk to you about how to potentially move through it, how to avoid it and how to think about it so that you're not making every single no means I'm not good enough or it means I've done something wrong or it means you know this offering that I have is not worthwhile or it's not going to work okay so let's dive in there are four reasons why someone says no to your work now before we get into what the four things are there's a statistic that says there will always be between 20 and 40 percent of people who you speak to will be a yes it might even be 10 percent but I want you to think about it like there's always a percentage up the top end, there's always a percentage down the bottom end, and there's always a percentage of folks somewhere in the middle. The top end will always be a yes. They find you, they love you, they don't have to even know very much about you. They might have just stumbled across you, they get a good feeling, and they think to themselves, I'm going to do this, or I love that product, I love that piece of art, I love this person, I want to work with them. There will always be a percentage of people who are naturally a no. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how good you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter how much value it is, they're always going to be a no. And there is a big percentage of people in between who can be swayed either way. And that could be by maybe how you present yourself, it could be maybe by the timing, it could be maybe by who you are or what you say or what it is that they need or how well you share what it is that you do. And this is part of the reason why marketing exists part of the reason why marketing gets a bit of a bad rap because it's influential in a way and sometimes it's not ethical that's a whole other podcast I think but I really want to speak to that today and it's going to be different in every industry I remember when I was a door-to-door salesperson many many moons ago my boss used to say it's 20% at the top 20% at the bottom and 60% in the middle where they could go either way. They don't know you exist and it's your job to give them the best information that they need in order to make the best decision for them, but they probably could be swayed potentially. 
So I, I love that. I, I think that's fantastic. It really helped me as a door-to-door salesperson. I'm very interested in the etiquette of sales and the ethical nature of sales because we're always selling ourselves. No matter what we do, we're always selling something. But it really helped me detach from my own, how do I want to say this? It's almost like worthiness. It helped me have non-attachment when it came to selling. And I would be standing at someone's door selling the thing that I was selling, which in this case was martial arts. But sometimes people were just a flat out no. They had no interest in it. They didn't like me, whatever it might be. Sometimes people were a flat out yes for the same reason. And some people were like, I've never heard of this. Let's talk about it. So there are four reasons why someone says no to your work. It's not just that you're not good enough. It's not just that you've done something wrong. It's not just that your marketing or your, you know, blog post or your email sequence or whatever was not good enough. There are four reasons someone says no. And if you can remember this, it's going to help you be so far less attached to what people do. Some of the best salespeople I have ever met And when I say salespeople, I'm not talking about used car salespeople. I'm not talking about people who have their own businesses and sell their own work. I'm talking about folks who are completely magnetic, who whatever they tell me to do, if they give me advice about a certain person I should go and see, or I'm sitting and having a conversation with them and they suggest something to me, I'm listening. That is also sales. It's also leadership. It's also coaching. They are one and the same in many ways. Influence is a fantastic skill to learn, especially when it's ethical. And they all, I suppose, had these four qualities in place. So the four reasons why someone says no to your work is number one, value. Number two, connection. Number three, timing. And number four, it's just a no. And what does that mean? So number one, value. The reason why someone would say no to your work, one of the reasons is because they cannot understand the value of what it is that you're doing. Now, for example, I am a coach. I work with many coaches. I help a lot of coaches develop and grow their coaching practice. And I hear in sales, you know, I've been through many different um, communities where people are selling things. You see really what is really great and what not to do. And something that gets taught in sales is a value proposition, you know, letting people know the value of what it is that you're sharing. And there are many, many ways you can do that. But ultimately at the heart of it, does someone see the value in handing over some money to you for what it is that you're sharing with them? Now, if you're a coach, How many times have you heard someone say, I told my husband or I told my partner or I told my wife about what it is that we're going to do together? It's this much money. And your partner has said, you could pay me that money. I could do that. Or that's that's a TV. Or that's, you know, we could buy a car with that amount of money. We could go on a holiday with that amount of money. That's ridiculous. That's a house deposit. That's a blah, blah. And you think, well, I don't really know how to express the value. And it's often because The person who is sharing the value has probably focused on just talking about what it is that you will do and not the result that will come of coaching. Now, if someone, for example, I'm just going to stick with the coaching example because I know many people who listen to this are coaches, but if you're not a coach, please just ask yourself, how can I make this work for me or reach out and ask me as well. 
So what a lot of coaches will do is they'll say, okay, so if you want coaching with me, it's this many sessions. This is how long we talk for. You get a whole bunch of PDFs. You get emails in between the sessions and it's X number of thousands of dollars. Well, where's the value in that? What's contained in this PDF? Why do I have to spend X number of hours talking to you? Where is the value in talking to somebody for that long? That does not express the value. And then someone will say, okay, well, let me talk about the kind of results people get. So you see a lot of folks, again, this is a whole other podcast, but one of the cheap shot ways of expressing value is by talking about things like revenue. So you can increase your revenue by, well, this is how much money I'm making. Note that they don't ever talk about profit margin. It's only just revenue, which is a vanity metric. You don't know someone's expenses. You don't know where they're sitting. You don't know what's important to them. It's just, it's so out of context when someone talks about revenue and does not talk about profit margins and does not talk about goals. But one of the ways people will take a cheap shot at expressing value is by talking about the revenue that they make with the presumption that it is aspirational. You can do the same thing. If I can do it, you can do it too. Now, it's often coming from a really good place. It's not a bad thing, but it's not the full picture and it's not real. It's still not the kind of value that I'm talking about when someone says no. The kind of value that I'm asking you to bring with what it is that you're selling is an experience an experience with someone. So if I talk about what coaching is, how long we talk for and how much it is and whatever, I'm not talking about the value at all. If I talk about the potential results someone could achieve, such as revenue, such as, you know, you will save your relationship will potentially save you X amount of dollars because you won't be getting a divorce, blah, 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 right? If I talk about value in that sense, if I've got testimonials and things like that, it's still really not selling the value of what it is that you're doing. What does sell the value? What sells the value is an experience. What sells the value is an experience with you. Now, what does that look like? That looks like hosting some kind of experience where people can be with you, learn from you, and experience what it feels like to be coached by you to actually experience what it feels like to have a shift that transforms the way you look at the world and transforms years, sometimes even decades of the same thought pattern or the same emotion or the same behavior repeated over and over and over again, all of a sudden not being there. And what a difference to the way that opens up your world. That's the kind of value I'm talking about. All the other kinds of value, they're not bad, but if you really want to express value, give people an experience of you or of your product or of your program or of you, which leads me to the second reason why someone would say no and therefore something that you can do to encourage people to want to work with you a little more. And that is connection. Connection is something that can be helped sometimes, but sometimes it can't. Sometimes we feel a natural connection to someone because you're naturally kindred human beings. And sometimes it's just not there and there's nothing that you can do to bring about that connection. However, understanding that there are humans that you will naturally have a connection with and there are human beings who it's neutral with and you can build a connection over time. This is where we start to get into timeless ways to build an on flow of potential 
human beings who want to go on a journey with you as a coach or through buying your product or experiencing what it is that you do. So connection and value, they go hand in hand. When you're building value, true value, giving people the best experience of you possible and having them experience what the result feels like, you will naturally build connection with another person. Now, the other way that you can build connection, there are many ways, obviously, but another great way that you can build connection is by sharing who you are. If you are crafting and creating considered content, you could even help build a connection with somebody by creating value for them with someone else. What does that mean? I can give you an example from my business. So I host live events, or at least I did before COVID happened. I'm looking forward to kicking off some live events again. They're really fun. One thing that we love to do in our live events is to just do exactly what we do in the back end of my program. So I'm always coaching people in my live events and that creates value. It shows people, it really gives them an experience of what it's like to be in one of my group programs. But the other thing it does is it creates connection. And so if I was to share different experiences that I am giving other people, you know, sharing through a podcast just like this, sharing maybe perhaps on YouTube, sharing through a blog, maybe if I had written a book, maybe there was something that I shared consistently that was helpful, honest, raw, real, genuinely, genuinely helpful though. It helps build connection with people. I know for me, when I have paid attention to somebody that I have really admired like a mentor, I've read their books, I've followed articles and interviews that they have featured in, whether they were interviewing someone else or they were being interviewed themselves. I have participated in events that they have run. I've you know, read things that they've written. I've followed up on their social media. You end up building a connection with that person, even though they might not have a single clue that you even exist. You might not ever like Anything that they do, you might not even have the opportunity to if they don't have social media or a website. You may never get to speak to them. They may never know who you are until you start working with them. But that's something really cool about connection. If you can build connection with folks one-to-many or one-to-one, that is going to help somebody want to say yes to you. Now, where else can connection come? A fabulous way that connection can come is also through word of mouth and referrals. So what does that look like? Well, when someone who you feel a connection to gives you an honest referral, an honest suggestion, an honest sale, really see how connection and value are connected. If someone that you know, that you trust, that you like, gives you a recommendation, you're more likely to already feel connected to that person or thing through the fact that someone who you're connected to recommended it to you. So there is a masseuse in my local community. She's an incredible masseuse. And I was recommended her by one of my family members who was recommended her by another family member who works in the same uh, or worked in the same building as her. And a lot of my family members, in fact, I'd say most of them who live locally, go and see this particular masseuse. She's that good. And her business is largely built via word of mouth. 
So I'd heard about her a number of times. I wasn't sure if it was worthwhile going to see a masseuse. I was already seeing another person for my back and osteo and all that kind of jazz. But the recommendations came so highly that there was no sale even required. In fact, I was one of those 60% where I didn't know she existed. I didn't think I needed a massage and I was convinced based on that connection, based on those referrals. So I think that word of mouth is still probably the number one way to build a business. I know it's like so taboo to say that these days, but it's really, it truly is how I feel. And connection is built through you crafting real, honest, helpful, genuine ways of people being able to experience you, whether they are with you one-on-one or one to a group or you're creating content that they can listen to and they feel connected to because it's you. I think podcasts are fabulous for that because it almost feels like I'm whispering in your ear right now. I'm not, but like I'm actually sitting on a bed, you know, recording this somewhere mysterious. But it can feel like we're connected because you can hear my voice. You know, when I have a video, people say they feel connected because they can look into my eyes, even though I'm not looking at you. So the connection can be built in that way. And I know I've experienced that with others too. And then also, of course, when you're creating amazing value for people, people feel connected to you because they have experienced you before. So that's just two, right? Two ways people might say no to you is if they don't see the real, real, real value, which is the result, and if they don't feel a connection to you. But there are ways you can turn that around. So crafting real genuine value, giving people an experience of you as often as possible in whatever way you can, whether that be one-to-one, one-to-many, or one-on-one that's shared in multiple different ways, and then obviously connection the same way. So that's two. Before we go any further in today's episode, if you're looking for something to stretch you, challenge you, guide you, expand you, train you and transform you this year, I would love to invite you to check out two ways that you can work with me. Number one, if you'd like to receive coaching from me, I want to invite you to check out the Fierce Salon. We're kicking it off soon. It's a small group coaching experience I have hosted for seven years now. It's Bonza. I train my clients to accelerate their results for the rest of their lives, get clear on what they want, create more energy, more flow, more synergy, more money, more everything and train you to do that for the rest of your life. That's the Fierce Salon. The second opportunity is if you're someone who's curious about how I do what I do, my thinking underneath what I'm saying when I'm coaching others, if you'd like to really be able to create excellence in your communication, leadership, and coaching, to take your coaching business to the next level, to become a coach, there is still time and space to join us for Be Your Own Coach, my NLP Immersive in 2023. I'll pop the link in the show notes below. Let's get back to the episode. So one of the four reasons why someone says no to your work, they might really see, experience and feel the value. They might absolutely love your work. They might be totally frothing over what you do. Frothing for my Northern Hemisphere friends is like Aussie slang for it's really good. It's a bit of a surfy slang. Anyway, They might be really enthusiastic about what you do. They might feel really connected to you. They've been following you for a long time. They have read everything that you have written. Perhaps they've been following along on your product journey or the business's journey, but the timing's not right. They have 
some health issues. Their business is not in the right place for them to be able to pay for this particular thing. There is a new family member joining them, whether it's a fur family member or a human family member. They are at the wrong stage of life or business. Their kids are at the wrong stage of life or school or whatever. And so they are ready to do this. They have been watching and wanting to do this with you. It's just not the right timing. Perhaps it might be that they need to save for a long time in order to buy an artwork from you. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's not that you are not good enough. It's not that you didn't say the right thing when you were talking to them. It's literally just a case of timing. And I know I have been this person many, many times. There have been things where I have been an absolute hell yes to the person. I feel connected to them. It's what's happening. But I'm in a phase of my life or my business where the timing is just not right. For example, 2021, I was getting married. We were in lockdown. The timing was not right for me to do this particular thing that I really wanted to do. I did it later. So Keep that in mind because sometimes we get really disappointed when someone says no, even though it just looked like, but you were so into me. (laughs) Think about dating, right? You know, sometimes a person is just not in a place where they want to be in relationship. It's just the timing. The final one is it's just a no. It's just straight up a no, right? There's nothing wrong with you. The value is incredible. They may or may not feel a connection to you. The timing may or may not be right, but it's just a no. Like, I don't need football gear right now. I don't play football. I'm not interested in football. It's just a no for me. It might be incredible value. I might really love the person who's selling it. Maybe or maybe not. I'm playing football, right? The timing, no. It's just a no for me. It's just a no. I'm not looking for it. I'm not out for it. I don't know when I will be in the future. It's not something for me. Now, I hope this makes sense because sometimes when we hear a no or when someone, you know, it feels like rejection when someone says, oh, you know, whatever. And sometimes people say no and they make an excuse like, oh, the timing and whatnot, but they're really just, they don't want to say no to you. And that's perfectly fine. We have to accept people's nose. And I will go down the path of ethical sales just for a moment. When someone says no, respect them. The way that you receive a no, the way that you receive a quote unquote rejection says so much about who you are. In fact, I have had clients tell me that the way I received them when they said no, or the timing is off. Now I have done this incorrectly many times. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I have had the feedback from people that have said the way that you like listened and respected me when I said no, it was a corrective experience. The way that you received that, it made me want to work with you even more, which I think is really funny. So sometimes it literally is just a no. Sometimes it's a no for now. Sometimes it's I see the value, but I'm actually feeling more connected to someone who is more right for me. So all these four are really connected. Value, connection to you, timing, and it's just a no. And I hope that this podcast episode has served you in being able to understand that sometimes when someone says no, in there's this old sales saying, which is like, it just means not yet or not now. So keep going. Sometimes it genuinely is a no, never. No, it's not for me. No, we just have to respect people's no's, but don't ever forget to keep giving value and keep creating and crafting opportunities for people to connect with you, not forcing it but just creating opportunities for people to connect. Understand that sometimes the timing is off, but people are still 
thinking of what it is that you have to offer, what you're sharing. They love it. They appreciate it. And they're looking forward to being able to do it soon. Oftentimes I have people come into my business or my field just as an example. And, you know, we would have met maybe three, five, six years ago somewhere else. And because I'm creating and crafting things that continue to serve, maybe they haven't forgotten. Or maybe we created such a connection or I gave them such value at the time, they never forgot the conversation. And so when the time comes up and the timing is right and there is a need, they know who it is that they want to ask or someone that they know and love and trust has recommended me. I'm sure you've experienced this too. Please keep this in mind. Please understand that when you hear a no, it's not always because you're doing something wrong. Please remember to stay curious. Please remember to stay open. Please remember to keep showing up. Please remember to keep bringing your work to the world because we need it and it's wonderful and it's helpful and it's working often in ways that you just don't see, can't comprehend and can't understand until the timing is right, the connection's there, it's a yes and you are sharing and expressing the value properly. That is all folks. Thank you for being here for this episode. I really hope that your 2023 is starting off with a bang. You're getting everything that you want so far for the year. If not, don't worry. We've got a long way to go. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Ciao for now.